Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Speaking of counselling, by the way, counsellor and psychotherapist Ian Epstein uh, joins me on the air. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Now, we decided we kind of delve into this one because for some people, I think it could be a very good thing. But for others, I don't know the benefits of it. And this is regression therapy, which is essentially, well, maybe you can explain to me, to people better what re- regression therapy actually is. Okay, well, basically regression therapy is going into a past life. A lot of people ring me and ask me about past life therapy. Mm. And it's when they feel that they've been here before and they want to get something helped in their past life that will help them in this life. And when you say they feel like they've been here before, could that just be a memory of when they were younger that they just... like? I know I'm not going to start talking about deja vu because scientists will give you some sort of scientific explanation for deja vu. But this idea that we we think something happened to us in our life. For example, I remember falling downstairs. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it happened, but it could have been a past life, maybe, I don't know, if you believe in that. But it may have been just when I was, you know, two or three years of age or four years of age. So uh, regression therapy, I, I assume, would help me to remember things from my past. Yes. So well, not just from a past life, help, but just from your past. Help, hopefully, you can also be helped with um, your childhood memories as mm. well. But um, there's, a, there's a big difference between regression and past life. Okay. And basically, past life is when, as I said, people believe in something where they have been here before and they need help with what's going on in their life now. So is it a case of kind of going in and lying? Is it very stereotypical lying on the sofa while you're sitting there taking notes and kind of creating this safe environment for accessing difficult emotions, I suppose? Well, the first thing is it is always a safe environment. It's also 100% confidential. The thing is, is that you have to make the, the client feel very comfortable. And when we use hypnotherapy, which is what I do, Mm -hmm. it's a very relaxed form of doing therapy. Yeah, I suppose the relaxed state of hypnosis might make a person feel more open to addressing their kind of inner lives. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, if I remember right, there was a quote by the philosopher Carl Jung, and he said, until you make unconscious, the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it faith. In other words, something that happened in your life in your past can dictate the future of your life, I imagine, and dictate the decisions you made. In other words, something that create, creates great insecurity from when you were younger can then cause problems throughout your life because the decisions you made will be based around that insecurity. Very true. And that, that's another type of therapy where we, we go back into the helping the inner child. And the inner child is always there within us and sometimes the inner child needs help to realize what happened when they were younger and they need help to be able to sort themselves out mm. in their present age, you know what I mean? And I think that could be really good for a person who's able to deal with that quite well. And I think it could be very beneficial for some people, but it doesn't go without its controversy as well. Because it would be fair to say, Ian, there has been some level of controversy around regression therapy. And, you know, people, for example, revealing false memories or traumas or events that weren't actually real at all or 
reimagining or rethinking something. And I'll give you a quick example. We had a student in here from um, a college in the UK who was doing a talk over here at the time, around the time of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, although there are many cases which were genuine and real and people had severe trauma over, you know, sexual assaults when they were younger, there were cases that were quite innocent acts at the time but people were being told to re-remember these in a negative way. That they weren't negative at the time. They were quite positive. Maybe they had a bit of fun or something happened or it was a party and they were enjoying it or it was consensual. But they were told to re-remember it in a negative way. So the point is, I'm trying to make it, sometimes you would reveal these false memories or traumas or events that are not actually real or you're re-remembering them differently. It, it, could that be a case too? Yes, but really what you're, you're, you're talking about three different things here, Niall, if you don't mind me saying so. Okay. And the first thing is past life is one therapy. Regression therapy is another therapy. And then what you're talking about, false memory syndrome, that is some, somebody that has planted a memory within this person. And, you know, it's causing false memories. And do you ever find that with, with clients that there would be a memory in there that's causing them great difficulty? Oh, yeah. That, that may not yeah. actually have been real at all. Well, I'll give you an example. I have a, a, I had a client many, many years ago that came to me and he had a problem in that he could not eat in public and it was getting so bad that he couldn't eat in front of his family. So he went to a few different people, couldn't get it solved, and he rang me about uh, this and I went through... Uh, nor, the normal therapy with him, nothing was being resolved. So I suggested regression, or sorry, um, past life therapy with him. And he was willing to try it. Remember, it's up to the client to want to believe in what they're doing. So they kind of have to believe in reincarnation, I suppose, don't they? Well, up to a point, yeah. yeah but yeah. anyway, when we did the regret the past life therapy with him basically what he went back to a time where he was working in fields uh for in the king's realm and i asked him to describe what he was wearing he was wearing kind of a a linen cloth top and Mm. uh leather shoe leather sandals with straps around his his ankles and feet and he was married with a baby and they worked in the fields, bringing in the likes of vegetables, etc. Now, the majority of the vegetables went into the castle, but he was allowed to take X amount home for his own use. That was his pay. And so that was all very day, detailed, wasn't it? Sorry, oh, yeah, it, was yeah. Very, it is very detailed. And this is coming from the client, not from me, I might add. And so his mind had created this complete image yeah, of what yeah. he was doing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. But this is the interesting thing, Niall. When, at the weekend when he went home, they made a stew uh, of potatoes and carrots. And he was sitting at the table with his wife and baby and he was eating. And then suddenly he felt something getting caught in his throat. It was a potato and he couldn't get it to come up or go down. Okay. And he actually choked. And he could see himself lying on the floor, looking up at his wife crying and the baby crying. And he passed. He actually saw himself passing. And I got him to forgive himself from that life to this life and from this life to that life. 
And from that moment on, he has never had a problem in eating with in, in public or with his family or anybody else. That's bizarre, isn't it? Because th- coincidentally, actually, I have this thing about eating with open doors. Mm-hmm. I can't eat if there's a window open or a door open. Okay. So I'm I'm pretty well. I'm pretty sure. I always put it down to something must have happened in the past, or something to do with my family, or something. Yes. And, and yes. I always have to eat when the dinner is very hot. Mm-hmm. I'll even stop halfway through eating a dinner sometimes and put it in the microwave to heat it back up again. Yeah. So it, it's just microwaves. <laughs> it's a good job we do. So so I, I'm assuming. Everything that we do, or even my own insecurities, for example, around work and stuff like that, everything that we do, you do you think that all stems from our past? Or a past life, in some cases? Well, as I said, it's up to the client. They have to want to believe in the past life. It's a very individualistic thing. And what my belief is makes no difference. I am only being used as a guide to get the person to where they want to be. I mean, how does that work, say, with religion? I mean, past life regression. How does it work with religion? In what respect? Sorry. I'm religious. Well, well, if you're not religious, I suppose if you're not religious, you don't believe in that kind of stuff. Or if you are religious. No, this, this young lad that came to wasn't religious at all. Mm. Yeah. And now I can give you another example of a completely different uh, scenario, if you'd like. Yeah. A young girl came to me, <clears throat> and she had very bad psoriasis on her skin. And she had been to doctors in England and doctors in here. Nobody could get her her skin to clear itself. And they tried all the creams and everything, and she actually wanted to do modeling. And it was just a no-no with the way her skin was. But I did regression or past life regression with her as well. And she went back to the time where herself and her dad were living in a little village in the time of the, I think it was the conquistadors, if I'm correct in saying. And what she did, she was a person that would go around in her village and she collect various flowers and make the likes of back remedies and give them out to people. And one day, uh, she said, a man arrived in the village on horseback, a very well-to-do guy on horseback, and um, said his wife was very, very ill and heard that this girl was able to give remedies to help. And he, she gave him a remedy. And when the, the wife took the remedy, apparently she had passed. She just passed on. Okay. She died. And the husband was so wroth with, uh, you know, because his wife had passed, mm. he claimed that this girl was a witch. And he got everybody band together and they actually put her on a stake and, and her. burn her at the stake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she could feel the flames literally going up her body, burning her skin. And this was what was happening to her in her life today. This was causing the psoriasis or whatever it was. And she could feel it bubbling up in her skin all the way through. And after, yet again, got her to forgive herself in that life, this life and this life to that life. She literally 
skin was within three weeks completely cleared. See, I, well, I do know that a lot of illnesses that we have are connected directly to your mind. I mean, mm-hmm. People are very aware of that. And your mind is a great, your body is a great healer, by the way, of itself. Um, I'm not suggesting people shouldn't go to the doctors, by the way, and take medication, but the mind is a good healer. But, see, some people would be able for it. And people might go for aggression or aggressive therapy or past life therapy, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, this could help me out. And for a lot of people, it could help them out. I'm not saying it won't. But for some person might not want their pain to be released. You know what I mean? I mean, there is cognitive, cognitive behavioural therapy out there, CBT yeah, as well, which, CBT. Focuses, yeah, which focuses on how thoughts and beliefs affect behaviours and emotions, which might be more effective for them, for the people who would be weak-minded. In other words, do you have to be strong-minded to be able to do something like this or to, to not, delve into somebody's mind and bring ne- up memories? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, I mean we're all strong-willed in our own way. And the thing is, I think people nowadays are becoming more and more aware of themselves. Whereas, yet again, an example of this, years ago, we all thought Americans were crazy because they'd run to their therapists and they'd run here, run there. And really and truly, they were clever. And they are clever people, the Americans, because get rid of that problem. Whereas we tend to hold them in. Irish had this stigma of... But does it really get rid of the problem? Because Americans... Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Americans yeah. are just as messed up as we are by times. Do you understand yeah, what I mean? They, they go to a therapist. They get rid of their problems. They let them out. Irish people tend to hold them in because we've been brought up to be the, the strong little girl or boy and hold on to your emotions. It's great to let okay, the well then, out. Well, well, then let me ask you something. We were yeah. talking about the other night. We were talking about death the other night, which is a very morbid topic, I know. And I was saying to Jane, my producer, we were chatting about it, and I was saying the human mind is the most amazing thing in the world, the most tragic event in your life, worse yeah. than any sickness you will ever get, worse than any divorce you will ever have, worse than anything, is your death. But yet the human mind has this wonderful ability of storing it somewhere where we don't think about it too much. We don't bring it up, but we don't, even as you get older, when you're getting closer to it, you still don't think about it until, unless you become quite ill. Yeah, and, uh, until it happens. Yeah, so is it dangerous then to bring those some of that stuff out that would be in the subconscious stuff that we're designed as humans to kind of resist thinking about? Absolutely not. Because I tell you, if there's a problem and it's in the mind, you're better off getting it up, getting it out, and sorted. And the, 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 the thing is, is that the more you let out, the more you're, you're feeling happier within yourself. Okay, here's, here's one of a personal interest to me. Now, recently you may, mm-hmm. you may know that we're talking a lot about mother and baby homes and mm-hmm. the, the redress that would be paid to individuals. And the big controversy in the argument was the people who spent, or babies who spent less than six months, uh, won't be getting any money. But only those who spent over six months, as some seemingly that has more of an effect on a child. Do you believe that those children who were born in mother and baby homes, as I was, for example, mm-hmm. do you believe that because they wouldn't have had human contact you know, the bonding of a mother, breastfeeding, hugging, you know, all that kind of thing. Does that have effect, an effect on their lives? Do they, do they unconsciously remember that? Does that have an effect on their lives? I think they do. I mean, when, when you think about it, we all need to be coddled as such with our mothers and we all need to be bonded with people in our younger years because they, these are the people that help us as we grow. Even as a baby? 
when even as a baby, I mean, I mean, you can. I remember as of being a baby. The, the one thing that I can remember is being in um, the children's hospital, and I was getting my tonsils out. And I, I, I don't know. I remember being in a cot, standing at the side, and my parents not being allowed in because I was going to have my tonsils out. And I could actually still remember the nurse's name, Nurse Aquinas. Now, I couldn't have been more than six months old at the time. Mm. Yet, I can remember that clearly. Because obviously, it was a traumatic stage in my life. So, I do think that, you know, babies do have these memories. And with the therapy that you use, and forget about the past life, aspect okay. of it, regressive therapy, you know, yes. in our, into our own lives. Yes. Is all that stuff like a computer? You know, oh, it just yeah. needs to be defragged a little bit or something like that. Well, is, is, is all that stuff in there? Of course it is. I mean, if you think about it, our mind is like a computer and it's like the most powerful computer that's ever been built. And the one thing is that we've got this beautiful way of compartmentalizing information and um, but we can memory recall is what we do as well is where we can bring memories back from the child from mm. the childhood and help to solve problems for the child this is the as i was saying to you there before the inner child work whereas you get the person that's with you the client that's with you to meet them as they were when they were a child and to help each other to become better in mm. their present life and to forgive what, what, what has happened. Okay, well, look, it's an interesting conversation. I would like to have a deeper conversation in relation to that, which I know, but well, unfortunately, we're in time constraints during the day. Uh, it, it, but it has been good to talk to you. But by the way, for anybody... Yeah, go one ahead. thing very, very quickly yeah, sure. is that, you know, I'm a member of the European Association of Professional Hypnotherapists and... If ever people want to talk to people, they can give look it up on mm. Google and they can ring us. And we're always willing to talk to people to help and to get them to where they would like to be. Talk about the, op- about the options us. available. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's never about us. It's always about the client where they need and like to be. Ian, listen, thank you very much indeed. And by the way, if anybody's looking for information or you want to learn a bit more about it, there, there's an interesting book, by the way, and it's called uh, The Body Keeps the Score. And I saw you texted it and it's highly recommended for anybody dealing with repressed trauma. It mm-hmm. explains the silence behind memory and trauma. I don't know if you're familiar with that book, by the way, Ian. It's, I uh, am. Yeah. I am, as it happens. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's plenty of information out there. Or, as I say, if anybody is interested in bringing any of the members on the European Association, uh, you know, we're always there willing to help. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed. Counselor and psychotherapist Ian Epstein. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.